Welcome to Mission Connect, a podcast brought to you by Passion to Reach Ministry, designed to equip you to connect with God's mission for your life. I'm Emily James, your host, and here with co-host, Passion to Reach's founder and director, Pastor Fanu Ipe. Hi, Pastor Fanu, how are you? I'm doing great, Emily, and I'm, as always, I'm excited for another episode of Mission Connect. Yes, this is a reminder to all our listeners that this podcast is all about connecting you to God's mission for your life and helping others connect to their mission. So today we have a special guest on. Um, he comes from quite an interesting background, so we're going to um, hear from him shortly. I'm really looking forward to that. For sure. You know, one of the things I love about the podcast, Emily, is the stories we get to hear, what God is doing in the lives of people. And I've probably said this uh, in a previous episode is it's incredible how when you allow people to talk and open up and share their life and what God's done for them, Mm -hmm. how God is so intricately involved in individual people's lives. You know, one of the things that I've always felt and, and why I love this podcast is when I minister to to crowds, to, you know, a church full of people, two, three hundred people, when we're doing crusades internationally, thousands of people, you know, you almost in that moment as as, as you're ministering, you're looking at the crowd, you're looking at the yeah. people, you're like, God, touch all the people, speak to all the people. And that's great. But it's amazing how God not just speaks in generalities to people, he actually addresses specific things that people go through. And he, you know, when he touches people, when he, he transforms lives, yeah. when he speaks to them, it's all specific to their background, how they were raised, what mm-hmm. what struggles they went through. And it's almost like God knows every part of our past and he speaks to us knowing our destiny, but addressing those issues from the past. Yeah. And you know, and it makes me think of, you know, sitting in church on Sunday and, and you look around and you don't really get to know everybody in a Sunday setting. And But when you look around, everybody has a story and everybody has moments of pain and triumph and victory and heartache. And, and so being able to... Um, even if we can't relate to a specific story, we can relate to that idea of being somewhere and being pulled out of um, that pit into, you know, God's call for our life and, and, and into and, salvation. And, you know, I think one of the, what you just said is powerful, that it's God who pulls us out. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we think, well, I'm going to pull myself out. Right. But the reality is God intervenes in the most impossible situations in our life. Mm-hmm. And we're going to hear that today from our guest, how God will come in in the most you know, impossible situation. I mean, not a church setting, not a religious setting, not a not a very righteous or holy setting. But God will show up there to pull us out of wherever we found ourselves. That's, and that's powerful. Right. Yep. And so today we're going to actually hear a lot about that with our guest who really was in some of the darkest places that you can be and now is serving God and, and doing great things for his kingdom. So let's bring him in. We'd like to welcome our guest, Rafer Johnson. Hello, Rafer. Hello. Thank you for having me here today. Rafer, it is so good to have you on the podcast today. We're excited. Excellent. I, I can agree that I also have a passion to reach myself. Awesome. That's awesome. That's great. So, Rafer, why don't you give us a bit of background of your testimony and where you were at and who you are? Um, all right, cool. Um, I guess I'll start. So, pretty much my, from from birth, you know, my mom brought me to church. She was really big on that. Um, the focus was to give me, like, a, a church background, quote-unquote. But, and that part was good because she brought me to church, but... There wasn't a lot of personal touch Mm. and understanding how God worked, understanding devotional time, seeking God for myself. So it was kind of like almost became kind of a routine, something we would do. 
though I can even remember at a young age, um, the Lord rocking me. I remember one time I was praying. I can't even remember how old I was, probably like six or seven or so. And I was by my bed. And as I was praying, I felt like I was just sitting on my bed. And uh, I just felt like my bed pressed down, like someone was just sitting right next to me. And like I was scared to open my eyes, right? I'm like, what the heck? But I felt safe. But I was just like, whoa, this is crazy. And I just remember that. Even as a young little dude, I remember that. Just That just spoke to me. Okay, so now bring us, <clears throat> going forward, bring us to some of the, um, you know, what you kind of got into when you were growing up and how that carried into, um, you know, your young adult life. Okay, um, I guess I have to start from that early beginning as well. So when I got maybe like eight or nine, um, at that time, my mom had a babysitter who used to look after me. And times where she would look after me, there were some times of abuse, like sexual abuse. At that time, I didn't think of it or understand it. I just thought it was normal. So um, she would kind of mess with me right. as a young dude uh, sexually. So... After a while, it started to corrupt my mind, and I started struggling in such a way, uh, especially it would became such an all-consuming kind of thing. Uh, lust was something that was like a snowball effect. It just continued to mm. get into my mind and in my heart. And at 12 years old, uh, I left church, quote-unquote, just because I was offended at some things that were going on, uh, especially racially. Uh, I felt uh, I encountered a lot of racism at 12, just on a retreat. I maybe just say, yo, forget church. But um, I did communicate with God, believe it or not. But in the midst of all that, just got myself caught up in everything from porn to just uh, being highly sexual active as a young person. Um, I remember being at school, sneaking away, doing stuff in the in the washrooms, I used to love for the movies to go out. You know when you're a little kid and they show showing, like, the video, like, let's learn about, I don't even know, like, the human body or something, right? So it's on the screen. As soon as the lights would go out, I would just go sit next to whatever girl I was talking to at the time and be like, you know, like, come over here and just exchanging some crazy stuff. So lust was something that just continued to attack me and move wow. like a spiral. Wow, and, and so... You know, you said you were in church for up to 12 years. Yeah. And so tell us a little bit about how you sort of worked that through and, and knowing about God and knowing, you know, I don't even know if you believed God was real in that moment of your life, but just being around church and being around God's word and all of that. How did you work that in to, you know, to your lifestyle, to what you were becoming as a young person? How, like, did you ignore it completely? Was it was there a voice there that was reminding you about, hey, this isn't the right way, this isn't the way you should go? How how, how did that work in your heart and mind? Um, I would definitely say there was a certain conviction to certain things. Like, for example, um, even at the young age when I said, like, I prayed and I felt a presence come sit down to me, like, even though I was scared to open my eyes, I felt like it was real. So I definitely believed in God, but mm. I was very... I wasn't serving him. I definitely wasn't something uh, seen as keeping him holy. Uh, my mindset was kind of like, I'm going to do what I got to do. Like, And my prayers were kind of those, you know, those kind of funny prayers that people would make. I'd be like, Lord, I feel like I don't want to do these things. I feel like I have to, whether I was breaking into someone's house, whether I was stealing cars or 
um, just messing with girls or just whatever. It just always felt like, you know, just I be I would. It's like I was praying for God's protection while I'm doing reckless things. Wow. You know, like I remember times where there's something about for some reason there's something about climbing to the top of like a school building or being up high and and smoking weed where I'd be like, yo, one day, man, I know you real, but you know, I'm trying to do me right now. Like, what was crazy for me is, I remember my boys would tell me, you know, church girls are easy. Go get them. And for me, just, there was something about that. Like, I had a certain respect, if I could say that. Like, I wouldn't go at a church girl, but if you was, like, a Muslim, or uh, if you were wearing a sari, because I wasn't, you know, I was ready to be on the attack kind of thing. Or any kind of female, but if you had some kind of church background, I would more kind of push off. So you had this... This weird sort of respect for God yeah, and God's people yeah, in a way, it's crazy. even though your life was really not. Yeah, you like know, I remember, I remember being like sixteen, seventeen. So I'm messing with this girl. I'm at her house. You know, no one's home. We doing certain things. You know what it is. And as that's happening, I'm listening to us to the album from Black Street, and in the middle of the album, they had like a gospel song. Yo, I got up. Yo, I changed that joint, and then I went back to what I was doing. I was like, yo, I'm not trying to hear that right now. <laughs> you know? wow. So this secular group singing about yeah. you know, being intimate, being sexually, talking about girls' body parts. Uh-huh. In the middle of that, they had like this gospel song, and I'm like, yo, I ain't trying to hear that right now. Like, yo, let me just skip. Hmm. And then kind of went back to what I was wow. doing. So tell us how, you know, obviously we know where you're at today, Rafer, and that's why you're on this podcast, because God's transformed your life. You're impacting Amen. young people. You're making a difference uh, in your sphere of influence. What was the process? How did you encounter Christ? When did that happen where it went from just being head knowledge and being, you know, I'll come get you, God, when I'm ready for you, uh, to I'm ready for you now? Or Maybe the opposite, where God says, I'm ready for you, so I'm going to come talk to you. I'm going to come convict you about the lifestyle that you're living right now. How did um, that happen? I would really have to kick that off by looking at Romans 2.4, where it says, Do you not presume on the riches of kindness and forbearance of patience, not knowing that God's repentance is meant to lead you to repentance? And I mean, like, when I think about that, God's kindness, jeez, like, God would give me so much grace in ridiculous things. Like, mm. I remember, like, I've been to court 10 times, but I've never been to jail. Like, I'm mm. talking about assault, uh, robbery, all kind of stupid things. Um, I got caught having uh, a lead pipe and, like, a cutlass or a machete, how people would say in North America, because mm-hmm. I found out that this dude at the time was trying to lift up my ex-girl's sister's skirt in school. So I would, my team, like, it's funny, like, these things would get me mad. Like, people messing with females or, like, little kids. I was ready to rumble. Like, so I remember going to the school with my with my dudes in the car ready to cut this guy up, have a talk to him. Like, yo, like, are you dumb? It's funny, um, even looking back on it. But God just kind of protected me. I think of different things. Um, I remember... <laughs> I remember being, being scared after I messed with this chick because the condom broke, and I'm like, yo, what's, what's good here? And um, the reports I was hearing about her activity were rather high so i'm like lord yo, cover your boy you know saying those funny prayers <laughs> um i was pretty scared till i got to clear and i'm like yo man you're like you're showing up god is god is crazy and when did god actually directly connect with you or like you started really feeling that honestly tug? the whole time i remember 
being in um, a strip club one time with my dudes, you know, we're wilding, we're smoking, we're high, we're enjoying it, laughing, and just God just kind of woke me up in the middle of my high and just showed me my dudes as we were just on this long table, like, um, like they were eight years old. So imagine how funny the picture would look, like an eight-year-old child wearing, like, his parents' clothes. Mm. See my one dude just find out he had a kid. My other boy had stuff happening. My next man was going to have a charge. He was going to be going away for a little bit. Um, going away as in going to prison. Yeah, going okay. to prison. You know that So location. God is showing you these things in that vision. Yeah. In that strip club. You're, you're standing yeah, there with Yeah, I'm in boys. a strip club. I ain't in church. Like, you know, hands are raised, but for different reasons, you know. Um, and God just just continued to speak to me. I, like, honestly, it was something, to, especially when I was messing with females, Man, I used to get so mad. Like, I'm like, yo, what are you doing here? Like, yo, I'll just go to church Sunday. Just cool. Like, I remember just, you know, trying to downplay his presence mm. and his spirit. Just, mm. I'm like, man. Um, I remember in particular, I think sometimes we kind of sleep on the fact that when God has called you, he, it's, he, when the scripture says he's a jealous God, like he's someone who would chase you. Mm. Like, I, I think of Narnia when they talk about the lion and they're like, but this is not a friendly lion. No one can tame this lion. And that really just reminds me of how, of how powerful Christ is mm-hmm. and the fact that he's not afraid to walk with us in some of these dark places and these things that we allow ourselves to get caught up in. Um, uh, uh, sorry. So he is pursuing you in these yeah. crazy dark places. Yeah, I'm like, so what are you doing here? When was that like shift when you now acknowledged that presence and said, okay, God, I'm ready? Um... Like I said, it was a series of events, but I think one of the biggest times is probably the last, probably the tenth time I had to go to court. Uh, I think that was for my assault with the pipe and the cutlass I was talking to you about earlier. It's just like after that, just I felt like the Lord really convicted me because I was like, man, I was involved in a relationship with this girl at this time. So I'm like, man, I love her, Lord. You know, this is this is good. And he's like, yeah, um, is it my love? Are you supposed to be having sex? I'm like, man, why are you being so deep right now? Like, I'm just trying to chill, right? And it's just, he just started God has to, a way of being deep, doesn't he? Yeah, like, <laughs> he just started to rock me to my core. And I'm like, oh, man, like, you know, you don't approve. And so, you know, um, I separated. That was one of the hardest things because this time mm-hmm. I felt like I actually loved her. Like, I thought, like... You know, she would, the word of the day was, you know, she was my bona fide, you know, she was my dime piece, everything I like, everything I need, I'm good. Like, why am I going somewhere else? And for me, that was a big deal because a lot of females were just kind of like passed through, you know, just mm-hmm. things you holler at because you want to decorate your necklace. Like, you know, I have that, I have this, you know, you have a flavor of the month kind of thing. But nah, like, I really, at the time, I really believed I loved her. So when God hit me where it counts, I'm like, oh, man, what are you doing here? So, like, after we broke up, it took, like, six months for me to stop having sex with her. Um, any, any of you who know, like, when you open a certain door, mm. it's so mm. hard to close it. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had to pray and fast and, and fight. Like, just even with some of the people I grew up with, I had to take a little time away to really be strong in the Lord mm. and seek mm-hmm. him out for myself. Um another scripture that really rocks me that makes me express this even better <sighs> excuse me uh, Mark 3 verse 27 no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods 
unless he first binds a strong man, then indeed he may plunder his house. Uh, once again, that just makes me think of Christ, the strong lion, because I even think about it in the natural. What happens when you encounter a lion? Like, you have a choice either to run or to fight, at least try to fight. And the same way I say it is with the Lord. If someone has truly encountered the Lord, you recognize that this lion cannot be tamed. And you're, you're, you're humbled. Not only has he called you, but you walk with him. And in the midst of your struggles, like for me, there's something that's comforting to know I can just rub my head in his mane and say, Lord, you got me. Because mm-hmm. I realize that my, my reach is limited. So as he continued to pursue me and strengthen me, he just continued to show me his goodness and mercy and just humbled me. So that in that period of time now, you're, you started going to church, I'm assuming. You started really getting um, the word. What was happening spiritually for you at that time? At that time, spiritually, uh, I started trying to go back to church. Mm-hmm. Um, I started to really recognize that, you know, not only was God calling me, but he was calling for a change. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my dudes who I grew up with, he just continued to uh, kind of be a light mm-hmm. to me. Uh, I remember a couple of times he came to my court cases and would be with me and we'd be praying and being like, yo, keep your head up, you know, look out for certain things because, uh, like, he knew one of my weaknesses was girls and he's like, yo, just stay away from a man. I'm like, ah. Uh. So, you know, he was a great encouragement, encouraged me to uh, study my word. I started going to this church in Toronto and for, like, two years, uh, I was there, and just Lord just did a work, just continued to pursue me and just encourage me by His Spirit. Wow! And and where are you today? Tell us where you're at today, right now. How? What is your walk with God like, and what what's God done in your life today? Uh, one of the cool things that I could say that God has really done in my life is allow me to be a light to others. Like I love building with young people, young adults, encourage them, let them them to see how beautiful and glorious the Lord is. Uh, we, me and my wife, we. Uh, work at the youth group at, at our home church, APC, All People's Church. Um, and there's just, there's such a joy um, in working and encouraging young people, young young adults on a whole, but there's just something about connecting, especially with people, allowing them to know who, how real the Father is that just continues to rock me and just keep me passionate. I mean, God is so good. I mean, why not share? I mean, people root over the sports teams and all kind of things. So for the Lord, how can I not just make noise and be passionate and be serious about um, his call on my life and another people's? So it's always an honor to just share and just kind of pour out. You know, Rafer, we have five minutes left in the in the show today, and I really want to sort of go this direction. I know we didn't really discuss this before, but uh, I think one of the things that's so powerful about your story, and when we talk about God's mission for our life and, and that God is, you know, this idea that God's pursuing people, I think we live in a world today that's become very religious, right? I mean, yeah. when, when the gospel first comes into a, a culture, a, a demographic, a geographic area, uh, people are very open. You know, people are, uh, they sort of are looking for the practical reality of what that means to follow Christ. But once culture has become, if you will, Christianized, uh, we quote begin unquote. to, yeah, quote unquote, we, we begin to build boxes, you know, um, of to say, well, this is where God works. This is how God works because we've seen a, a pattern or a model, right? So mm-hmm. it could be a church. It could be through a certain kind of person, uh, someone who's been to Bible college, someone's got a degree or someone who, who's read through the whole Bible or so, something like that. We have this idea that certain people who have, you know, certain attributes in certain places are the ones that God can use. But obviously, 
you're a living example of how God can invade anyone, anywhere. And even your friend that you're telling me about that was light to you, obviously, he had to be your friend first uh, in those times and during those times that you were going through what you were going through. So he didn't obviously shun you to say, you know what, you're just messed up. I, you know, I'm a Christian. I got light. You're dark. I'm not going to hang out with you. He mm-hmm. obviously decided that he was going to be around you and be your friend and be with you no matter what. So uh, tell us about how how yeah. can we, you know, if, if there was someone listening to you, and I want you to think about this for a moment. I want you to think about a Christian, okay? Someone who grew up in church all their life. They, you know, obviously the Bible says all of us are sinners, right? But from a worldly perspective, they haven't done the big sins, like the stuff you're talking about. They haven't been to strip clubs. They haven't had sex outside of marriage. They haven't smoked, you know, smoked pot or drank alcohol, whatever it is. And, and, and they're saying to you, Rafer, I want to fulfill God's mission for my life. I would love to be able to reach out to people that are so not like me. How would you encourage that person to say, listen, if you wanted to reach me, the way I was back then, here are three things. And I don't know how many points there are, but here are two things. Here's one thing that I would say you need to start doing or this is how you need to start thinking so God can use you to reach people like where I used to be. I would say, first of all, be real and just be honest. Like, you know, the Bible says that we are separated from God because of our sin. Mm. Maybe your your sin might be the fact that you think of yourself as too highly unrighteous. Um, mm. I would say there's three. There's usually three different types of sinners. You have your loud sinner. I was a loud sinner. You saw me on the street. You know what I was doing? I'd be hugging on a chick, smoking weed, holla, yeah, yeah. What up, mommy? What's good? What's good? Come here, come here, now. You know. And then you have those quiet sinners. The quiet sinners are one of my favorites because they're the type of people like I used to do this. I used to do that. You would never know unless you talk to them. Because right. <laughs> and you know they'll sit and they're like be like wow your story. And then my favorite, my ultimate favorite are, you know, the, the, the perfect sinners, the one who are like, why would you do this? Why would you do that? I don't understand. Why would people steal? So it's very easy for people to be self-righteous. Right. Now, honestly, one of those categories you fit in and where you fit in, be honest Mm. because people are looking for authenticity. So it's not a matter of your fancy words, but just love them where they're at. I remember when I was in high school and I remember these chicks are like, would be like, oh, Rafa, you need to go to church. I'm like, go to church? Like, yo, you don't even go to church with your WWJD. Like, yo, you're on your knees, but you're not praying in the washroom. How are you going to try and holler at me right now? Wow. Like, be genuine. Like, either come real or don't come at all. Like, how are you, you going to uh-huh. fool me? You think I'm not going to know? Mm-hmm. Like, when the Bible says your sin will find you out, be real with people. Relate to people. Look, if you don't do that, you don't need to smoke drugs. Just be a friend. Like wow. one of the basic things of Christianity is being a friend. Right. I think mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons why um, people were drawn to Jesus because Jesus was right where you at. Like he's like, all right, cool. Like Mary sees him and just starts bawling, crying, washing her hair with his feet. Like that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like who would naturally want to wipe someone's feet with their hair? Mm. You know, like it's not like they had like Jordans back in the day. These are bare feet, bone, dirty feet. Like, like, who's cleaning those? They don't have the kind of stuff that we have now. It's mm-hmm. not like they went to the Asian lady to get that stuff cleaned up. Like, they're just walking around dirty like that. And that's how real the love of the gospel is. But, but, but let me challenge you on that, though. Do you think that it would be... What, what do you think a challenge would be? What do you think somebody may say when they're trying to become friends with someone like where you were at? So you're the loud sinner. You're the intimidating guy. You're the guy that says, you know what? 
screw church, I want nothing to do with it. Mm. How would you? How would that person approach you? What would they need to do to really build that friendship where you know, okay, this person really cares for me? Just be real. Like, how do you know? Like the Bible says, to be a friend, mm. you, to be, a, you must first be a friend first. Invest. Find out what they like. Mm. You know what? I didn't even really like basketball up until a few years ago, but I realized to properly affect my demographic, some I gotta I gotta switch it up. So I started to enjoy basketball. You know, like God put yeah. a, on my heart um, the Boston Celtics. Shout out to them. Like I love. That's one of my favorite teams now. I mean, even stuff like hockey. I watch it because I was more into the rough sports like football. Like I want to kick people in their face, punch them out. But here's the thing. There's a bunch of people that are not like me. So let me step mm. out of my comfort zone mm. and not try to come in there and try to judge people. Like people can tell when you're fake. Right. Like it's always funny when I go to um, different retreats or things, how some people try to embrace me. Listen, if you're not of a certain culture, don't try to fake it. Don't be like, yo, yo, what's up, brother? I'm like, whoa, just be yourself, homie. It's cool. You know, like you don't need to hyper extend nothing. Just be you. Right, like you, being you and being a friend is cool. Right, like that's that's it. Like being yourself in Christ. Know your lane. Be friendly. Reach out to people where they can understand. That's it, my boy. You know how many times I would bother him. I'd be like, "Yo, you don't want to smoke? You know something, something." So this is your Christian friend. Yeah, my Christian yeah. friend. I'd right. be like, "Yo, dude," and he's like, "Nah, I'm good," and I'm like, "Cool." Like I respected that, but there are many people I remember. Listen, being 10, 11 on a church bus, people making out on the bus, mm. wilding, and then they would look at me, and I'm like, yo, I'm keeping it more real than you, homie. I'm not trying to just rub up and kiss up and touch up in church on the bus. Those things scared me, eh? Like, I would even go to say so far, as twisted as it is, I was even scared to steal on a Sunday. Like, I know it's funny, but there were certain things just, I just had a certain fear of. Mm. And I think... To be honest, people, especially loud sinners, we have a real fear of God. I can tell you that because there's certain things that we do, we move differently. As loud as we are, at the same time, we're like, yo, this is real. Like, God is real. 99.9% .9 of the time, they're like, whoa, God is real. But I want to see it in a real place. Wow. I don't want to see people who are pretending to be righteous, and I know they're struggling with something, but they're not able to be real with me. Like, yo, there was a term growing up where I, how I live. It was real, recognize real. And that's all it is. Be yourself in Christ. Be real. Be tangible. Like, what good is it if you're trying to fit someone into a mold like you if that's not their story? Like, Christ is glorified in what? When he is spoken of. Look at when Paul was talking about, listen, what anyone who's preaching Christ, I big them up. I make noise for the fact that they're glorifying our king. That's just my, you know, my RIV version. Ray from the national version coming out soon, holla. <laughs> but that's what it is. Be yourself because that's so powerful. Right. Mm -hmm. When people see themselves as sinners too, they're able to relate. You know what? Maybe you didn't do drugs like me, but I'm sure you lied. I'm right. sure you, you uttered out a couple words that weren't glorifying to the Lord. Share your testimony. Be real. That's if good. not, don't do it. Good. that's good uh rafer i want to thank you for being on the show yes. today uh this has been uh so uh, real i mean you've been real you've been mm -hmm. yourself mm -hmm. and i think a lot of people a lot of the, our listeners can relate to you um and uh and i think you've spoken a lot of truth that's uh that's pierced a lot of hearts so uh we're really thankful that you've uh, taken time to be on the show today yes, praise thank god you. thank Solo you gloria uh emily i think uh you know rafer's story is uh, 
probably a little unconventional, especially mm-hmm. how he maybe shares it. But I think there's there's reality to a lot of what he said, especially in that whole aspect of friendship. Yeah. And, you know, we're talking about connecting with God's mission. And I think sometimes the church misses out on connecting people to yeah. God's mission because we sort of have uh, a mold and we try to yeah. fit people into the mold we have. You know, you've yeah. got to dress a certain way, act a certain way, be a certain way, and then you can connect with God. Then you can have a relationship. Right. But the reality is that God wants to find us where we are. You know, when Rafer was talking about uh, finding himself in the strip club and God is speaking to him and God is dealing with him or he's in court and God is dealing with his heart about a relationship. I mean, that's that sounds so blasphemous in a way, you know, in the sense that, uh, you know, can God really show up there? Can God really be there? Would God really speak to someone like that who is living that lifestyle? And obviously looking at his life today and the transformative power of Mm -hmm. Christ that's worked in his life, God obviously was speaking to him. Yeah, and you know, it's it's amazing to hear these stories and to be able to go, especially for us who have been believers for a long time or grew up in in church and being able to go, how can I um, come out of my comfort zone to reach people? You know, even we talk about these molds in the church and even sometimes our programming and our and what we what we um, offer or extend to the community. Sometimes we try to put people in these molds where I know Rafer and I know he gets right into um, people's lives in different elements. It's not about, oh, hey, come to my church. He goes out and he gets a part of those basketball programs and things. And really, you know, this is what we're talking about when helping connect people to God's mission. We're looking for those people that seem so far away from God, you know, that aren't living righteous lives. And so how can we, being on the other side, help them to come up. I loved what he talked about when he said, you know, he learned to play basketball because he Mm -hmm. figured that's what he needed to know to play, to connect with the people that he was surrounded with. And so even looking for those avenues uh, that are common to man, if you will, you know, sports or food or music, culture, things that, you know, are not anti-biblical in any way, but uh, there are uh, bridges that you can build right. to connect with people and uh, and share God's love with them. And, and to be real, as you were saying, to be real of who you are and why you are the way you are, because mm-hmm. you know Christ. Yeah. And you know, I think even when I came back, um, again, <clears throat> sorry, to the Lord, I one of the things that I did do, and, and I regret it now, is that I did completely separate myself and I felt like even if so if my friends were going out who are non-believers to a pub type thing I wouldn't go because I was like you know I I was trying to get away from that and and I'm not saying that if there's something that's gonna give you some sort of temptation to still be a part of it but when we can get to a place where we can go you know going to a pub with friends is not a bad thing when you can say to yourself, you know, obviously I'm not going to have a drink because they see you still want to connect with them, but you're not a part of, you know, maybe uh, certain things that aren't right in your life. And, you know, and, and to that point, I, I want to say to our listeners, you know, allow the Holy Spirit to direct you. Mm-hmm. The, the, what we're saying here is not that you should go to a pub. What we're saying is don't be religious about that. Yeah, don't be like, right. well, I could never do that because I'm too holy for that. What you've got to think is, wait, how does, where does, where does God place me? Yeah. How, where, where am I, how strong am I in my faith in God, can I resist some of those things? And I think that's important because, you know, as Rafer was saying, the friend, his friend who eventually led him to the Lord or or was insp- uh, was inspired him to come back to the Lord, you know, he was around him when he was smoking and right. Rafer offered him. And sometimes that's a test. 
Sometimes mm-hmm. they're testing you to see, well, are you really authentic? Are you really genuine? Are you real mm-hmm. about this? Are you mm-hmm. really, you say this, but do you really live it out? Right. You know, yeah. and so I think I want to just encourage all of us, uh, if we're going to connect with God's mission, and this is what Jesus did. This is why the Pharisees hated Jesus. Mm-hmm. He hung out with Matthew, the tax collector, and all of his tax collector friends. He hung out with Zacchaeus and all the other sinners in that town. And the Pharisees couldn't stand it because they said, how can he hang out with them? And yet it's not the hanging out. It's what happens after Jesus hung out with them. There was a change of heart because they were in the presence of the Lord. So I think this has been a powerful podcast. We are out of time. Uh, So I just want to thank all of our listeners. Listen, Mm -hmm. please get in touch with us. If you have questions uh, about the podcast, if you have suggestions on topics we should cover, uh, or you just want to give us your feedback as you've been listening. We've had, uh, Emily, every month we've been, you know, I think we're growing by 50 to 60% in our listenership. And so thank you to the hundreds and hundreds of you that are tuning into this podcast um, on a weekly basis. And uh, if you want to reach us, uh, you can email us at info at passiontoreach.com. You can check out our website at passiontoreach.com. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Mission Connect. Join us next week. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes.